The Cappuccino Podcast brought to you in association with Tactical Solutions. For all your tactical solutions, check them out at www.tactical.co.nz. It's that time again, so grab yourself a cup of joe and get ready for the Cappuccino with Constable Brian. All right, so my guest today on the Cappuccino Podcast is Ricky Lee McLean. Let's go through some of the sort of action woman activities she's done. Volunteer firefighter, firefighter at Auckland Airport Emergency Service, now a New Zealand Police Constable, originally from the deep dark south and representing Dunstan High. She is, I like this, a defender turned attacker sometimes. Uh, she also happens to be a ice fan, uh, one of the players for the champion New Zealand WIHL uh, team the Auckland Steel, uh, representing them in number 19. Uh, she is a current Icefern rep, and in April of 2024, she will be going to Turkey in, for the Division 2 Group B World Championships, April 1 to 7th. All sound about right, Ricky Lee? Yeah, Gold. It does. <laughs> Gold, okay. So, Speed Round, dedicated to Speed, the world's greatest police movie, because uh, it just is. Uh, if Ricky Lee McLean had a goal song, Let's say that the NZWIHL said, yeah, you can have a goal song. I know that you don't score that often, but if you did, what would it be? Uh, X gone, give it to you. Nice, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, Deadpool, God bless. Um, best injury you've ever had that you can tell us about? Um, I actually haven't had too many serious injuries. Oh, let's keep that going, especially not before any before April. Uh, last binge watch that you did? Oh, Yellowstone. There you go. Favourite New Zealand ice hockey league men's team? If it's not the marker, you're not here. Men's team? In the men's team. I'll have to come back to that one. Sorry. All right, good. Uh, suddenly there's a whole bunch of West Auckland admirals going, it's us, it's us. It's always Stampede. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, one sport that you just cannot watch, doesn't matter what it is. Oh, tennis. Yep, me too. Good work. <laughs> um, the greatest of all time of all sports is who in your opinion oh i come back to that one too god coming back for a lot okay so turning back the clock just a little bit when you were at school what did you want to be when you were at school because i'm guessing if i'd said to you hey you're going to be uh, uh an ice hockey player you're going to be a firefighter you're going to be a police officer um you know you'll teach at the age of 21 you'll teach kids how to skate at the local rink I'm guessing none of that was happening. So what did you want to be when you were at school? Um, I actually want to be a marine biologist. Okay, love, yeah, that's cool, right. What attracted you in the first instance to become a volunteer fighter? Because as you and I both know, I'm an ex-volley uh, as well. Um, so much of the fire service is propped up by volunteers. For me, it was because I was scared of heights mm. and I needed to get over the heights to join the police. What was it for you to, that made you join the volleys? Um... I don't really know, to be honest. I I just kind of fell into it, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw a sign, I'm pretty sure, saying we wanted volunteers. And I, yeah, was pretty keen to give it a go. And, yeah, 
just uh, rocked up to one of their fire training sessions and they said, yeah, come along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try out and I haven't looked back, I guess. That's all good. <laughs> uh, and it was because of that that you got introduced to the ice, wasn't it? There was a job going, if I've read the story right, there was a job going at the local rink teaching kids how to ice skate or something. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so basically I... I just needed a job and uh, I had a friend, a really good friend of mine, and she said that they had jobs at the rink going, but I needed to know how to skate so I could teach uh, first year primary kids. Yep. Um, so yeah, learned how to skate. I probably wasn't really good that good when I was teaching them, but I got better as the years went on. Um, yeah, and so yeah, learned how to skate and started doing that and yeah loved working at the rink worked there for ages even when i was a firefighter at the airport i yeah stayed there just part-time doing nice. coaching. yeah now for all of our canadian listeners because they you know those guys and girls they just ice skate <laughs> like literally from about the age of yeah. two and as i frequently say when i go and play games of shinny with the kids in the outdoor rinks up there it's like getting owned every time <laughs> and they're only like four-year-olds um how long did it take you to learn how to ice skate just so that you could stand up and do everything. Because there's lots of our listeners that haven't ever ice skated. Oh, well, I'm still learning how to skate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, probably definitely a good season. I think I was pretty lucky in the sense that, I mean, I was getting paid to, to do it. Yeah. But also I was just on the ice so much. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't, like, I'd be on the ice for, like, f- five to six hours a day, Yeah. you know, sometimes. So Yeah, and that's a, I think that's the difference between women and men uh almost every single ice fern I've spoken to, when I say to them, how would you rate your skating ability or something else? It's always like, oh, I'm still learning. Whereas the guys are like, yeah, okay, I'm just an average skater, <laughs> but that's all good. Uh, so that's all good. So you tried all sorts of sports as a kid. Um, some of the most random sports. Kayak, polo, netball, touch. Were you a bit of a sport bully at school? Um, yeah, I guess so. Also, when I was younger, mum kind of just let me just try whatever I wanted to. I think at one point I... Did, did a bit of tap dancing, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and karate and stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot of sports that I have tried. Um, yeah, and some of them stuck. <laughs> Question, uh, were you trying to pick the world's most random sports? Because, <laughs> I mean, kayak polo is not a cheap sport. Uh, as we both know, ice hockey is not a cheap sport no. either. Um, yeah, so where do you think your sporting prowess comes from? Is it your mum um, or is it your dad or...? I don't know, to be honest. Uh, like... I think my dad actually, he was quite sporty, um, yeah, did a lot of surfing and rugby and stuff when he was younger, so um, probably a bit from him. Um, mum also, yeah, she did a bit of um, bit of judo and, yeah, loved being in the gym and stuff like that as well, so maybe both of them, yeah. Now, then you go on to become a full-time firefighter at Auckland Airport. What was the selection and the training like for that? Because, I mean, it's so that the listener knows it's different from foreign emergency in New Zealand isn't it when you do stuff at the airport so is the selection or the training any different because you're dealing with like aviation fuel and let's be honest um, without trying to upset or worry too many people when airplanes catch on fire they generally tend to make a fairly big bang Um, yeah so was it any different from what the normal stock standard firefighter would do or not? Um, I always refer to it as like same same but different yeah so yeah, we learn a lot of the basic firefighter skills that are, like, the same as fence um, or fire and emergency. And uh, the only difference is that we learn a lot more about the aviation side of it, I guess. So the, the structure of an aircraft, um, like you said, uh, Jet A1, all the different kinds of fuels, um, and how to deal with it. 
Yeah. Uh, the selection process, though, is a little bit different. We do uh, a beep test, so that's mm. not something that's traditionally done in fins. Yep. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just a basic kind of uh, strength and fitness test as well. And then you move on to a pack day, which is just a lot of team building activities and see how you go for the whole day. And then you move on to an interview and, yep, that's how that goes. It always amazes me. I don't think people actually realise how good firefighters are at things like maths and physics and <laughs> basic chemistry because, you know, you can't do this with that uh, fire extinguisher or you can't do that with this particular stuff. You know, um, how many cubic metres of foam have we got left in the truck and that type of stuff. So, yeah, I'll pass on that. Anyway, uh, so New Zealand Women's Ice Hockey League players uh, and the Ice Ferns remind me a little bit of some of the athletes from my day uh, because they basically, you guys work at a normal everyday job as well as repping your sport. And you often, uh, as you've often said in many newspaper articles, you often either miss a training or you go f- straight from a night shift to morning training or straight from a day shift to a night game or something else like that. Um, how taxing is that on you? Because it must begin to uh, take its toll. I mean, you've got, let's say, for instance, at the weekend you've got two Auckland Steel games. You've come off shift and everything else. You must be knackered some days. Yeah, yeah. it definitely does take a bit of a toll on you. Um, just becoming, yeah, really, really tired. So I don't, I don't really know, to be honest, because I feel like it's like slightly different. So you'll come off a, a night shift or a day shift or whatever, but then I'm still just as amped to get on the ice. Yep. So even though I might not have a lot left in the tank, I somehow still find <laughs> it. Yeah, and that's the truth, right? So there is an argument that lots of people say, because athletes like yourself work hard during the day and you can handle crisis um, in your daily job, obviously as a firefighter and a police officer, and you've got some super, super talented uh, wahini toa in some of those uh, NZWHL teams, um, Dr. Helen to start off with, you know, all those types of people, right? Um, that you guys are better at actually handling crisis on the rink than, say, maybe a pampered athlete is. Um, having been a firefighter, having been, well, now being a cop, even if it's only just a baby cop, um, <laughs> what do you think to that? Do you reckon that's true or not? Because, I mean, you see a lot of those athletes who are really pampered, they've got to make a tough decision, and the first thing they do is turn around to the coach and have a look, and the coach goes, um, whereas I think a lot of those people who work daytime jobs that maybe have got a little bit of crisis, they've got a little bit of uh, lifetime experience, they actually go, actually, you know what, I got this. I can, I can ask the coach for their opinion, but I'm going to make a call. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, perhaps we do have a little bit more resilience just in the sense that, uh, especially being a self-funded athlete, that we don't really have the time or the finances to make mistakes uh or not make decisions, yep. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. Yep, yeah. Yep. Um, so. so, so some people have got some idea. I always ask this of all ice hockey players, and they're really humble. It's like, oh, you know, just at the gym training, and that's about it. You work super hard at the gym. I've seen some of your workouts, right? And I'm like, eh, eh. Uh, right. And if it's not dark when you're running, it's, then it's obviously you're having a bad day. But um, how hard are you training now to make the world's and give it a nudge for that gold medal um, because nobody, let's be honest, nobody's going there to get a bronze, are they? No. All right, so so that we've got some idea, right, and, you know, you've got your work as a police officer as well, what's training looking like at the moment for you? So if we went Monday, what are you doing? Uh, I don't really 
I don't really have a lot of concept of like days of, week, <laughs> yep. of the week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll be honest, at the moment I'm actually in a little bit of a slump when it comes to working out. But I still am pushing through it. Uh, so yeah, definitely trying to get uh, about three, at least three cardio sessions in a week. And then yeah, strength most days of the week. So probably five to six days. Um, I've just made the decision of not doing any work um, during my night shifts and between my night shifts, sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it definitely is a lot of strength and just moving into a bit more um, explosive exercises as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you say cardio session, though, you're being quite modest there because my cardio session on a good day is like 35, 40 minutes at sort of, I don't know, 60, 70% of my heart rate. Yours is? Oh, it varies. So, yeah, some days I'll, I'll try to take it a little bit slower to keep my heart rate um, lower. Yeah. And then, yeah, some days I just want to go as fast as I can. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's the good mix in between um, slower cardio and, I guess, just had explosive sprints and stuff like that yeah yeah so i'm starting to get a bit more into the sprint side of things now yeah and so the average person knows because i don't think they've got any idea and i've asked people and they're all sort of like oh well you know i've asked aj spiller this of us justin daigle this uh helen and everybody else we know that the lines are always shifting in hockey right so um it's not like rugby well it's not like rugby used to be back in my day where there was only 15 players play on the field you guys are constant girls are constantly changing your lines you know you're not probably out there for any longer than 90 seconds and if, you, if it's a 90 second line uh, that's a long time mm. how hard is it to skate full noise for 90 seconds if you were going to compare it to another exercise what would it be like um exactly probably like sprinting to be honest yeah, yeah uh definitely you you know if you've been out there for too long because yeah. you'll have the you'll have the coach yelling at you because you'll be too slow. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I so. asked a guy in Canada and he said it's like doing an eight hundred meters sprint. Uh, he said that's the longest you go, and I'm like, right, gotcha, no problems. Yeah. Um, and great move on uh, not training on your days off after night shifts as well because that first day after night shift is a killer isn't it it's like you are literally like the waking dead yeah Yeah, you don't like you said i have no idea what day it is and i'm here in body and people are saying things to me i actually got to the stage where i used to have to take a book and write things down because people would say i spoke to you about it on tuesday and i'm like that's the day after night shift is finished (laughs) i'm done it's all good uh so lots of people don't realize uh that the ice ferns have actually got to raise lots of the funding to actually get to Turkey themselves, haven't they? Yeah, so yeah. individually we have to raise, it's just, I think it's in between 4000 and $5,000. Yeah. Um, so it is subsidised slightly, uh, but yeah, it's still a big uh, amount of money, especially for those that have got kids and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I know Anj, uh, she's awesome at fundraising, but she's got two young kids at home. So. Yeah. No doubt that that's hard on her, but yeah, everyone everyone has their own life commitments as well. So it's yeah, it's a big cost, you know, on top of everything else. <laughs> now, um, I know that you were doing physical challenges to raise money. Yeah, I knew. Yeah, I was going to put some money in there and say burpees. I love them. Let's <laughs> maybe not as much as you will, but is there any way that listeners of the Copacino podcast? can help you or any of the other ice ferns out in getting to Turkey is there do you guys ever give a little page or you're going to get something set up or what's the best way for us to do that oh I have something in the pipeline at the moment that will open up uh, fundraising to other people as well yeah um we don't really have anything for the ice ferns in general yeah 
but uh, just any sort of exposure is great. Like if you just go onto our Instagram page, follow our Instagram, uh, support, post about us, all that sort of stuff. That's like that's gold, you know. That's yeah. the exposure stuff, and yeah. hopefully we can move towards yeah getting some better uh, sponsorships for the team in the coming years. Yeah. yeah. So uh, watch your space because if the girls actually do do some type of fundraising, I don't know, maybe you sell T-shirts or whatever. Um, I'll let you know about it on the Cappuccino podcast. Uh, there's definitely no problems with that. And please, if you uh, like this podcast or any of the other podcasts featuring any of the ice ferns, make sure that you tag them in on it because, like Ricky Lee said, you know, prospective sponsors are going to see that and, and they're going to start getting that social media Tumblr dryer effect where they start getting more likes. So, as a firefighter, I love this quote, this is just gold, right? As a firefighter, hockey didn't look too scary to me. I love the competitiveness and the physicality of it. And we're fortunate women have to wear full cage masks. Apart from sounding like a UFC fighter. Uh, and that, that, that is gold, right? Um, I've been to a number of games. Both uh, seen you on YouTube playing for the Ferns and also the steel at the local rink. And let's be honest, you kind of take no prisoners because... right? But what's your pre-game routine look like? I mean, what's the music you play? How do you get yourself into the zone? Oh, so to speak, it's right? actually really funny because I I spent quite a while, a few years, trying to figure out you know what my pre-game rituals would be and what yep. all that looked like for me. But I think in the last few seasons, I've just kind of realised I just like being a bit of a dick and dancing around with the girls yep. um, in the changing room before we go out. Um, I know in the last Auckland Steel season. Uh, and the last sort of weekend leading up to the finals, we just, yeah, all were dancing and singing in the changing rooms and just having a good time. And I think everyone was feeling real amped up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I th- actually think that's a bit of me. <laughs> that's what I like to do. Yeah, yeah I've got to be honest. The first time I looked at the ice ferns when I came back from Canada from a trip, I was like, i got to get more involved in local ice hockey. I think I actually saw a video of you guys all dancing and I'm like, the hell is going on here yeah. uh, but you guys seem to be having a great party and I mean uh, same with the Ferns same with the Steel and a whole bunch of those other teams as well you know you get your families out there you're having photos with friends and family and everything else um, do you have any superstitions before you go out on the rink or is there anything um, that you do you know some people put coins in their skates and others have they've got to have like a red band on their thing on their hands or they've got to have something written about their family on the forearm or something no, I actually no? don't really have any superstitions, to be honest. I just, yeah. Get on with it just and go. Just get on with it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who's the most superstitious player in the Ferns that you know who's got like a pre-match ritual that if you upset them with it, they tend to go a bit NATO on it? Rebecca Lilly. <laughs> so, and what is it? Can you tell us? Um, I know that she takes a while to get ready for yeah. the ice. Yeah, she does a lot of wrapping, yeah. like just on her injuries and things yeah. like that, so... Um, yeah, and she likes to have a fresh face of makeup right. and all that. Right, gold, so yeah, say, yeah. So you're yeah. just throwing her right under the bus yeah. as well. That's all good. <laughs> she looks good, though. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And that's what it's all about, yeah. So who's your favourite NHL player? Oh. And I know that you don't watch huge amounts. because You're a little bit like me. You're a bit busy, but... Um... Like, I'd probably any... say just like, you know, your stock standard. You won't like this, but Sydney Crosby. Yeah, no, you're right. I wouldn't like that, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's all good. Right. Um, yeah, I can give you my favourite PWHL player. Go, go. Uh, Sarah Nurse. She's awesome. Nice. That's yeah, all good. Yeah. Can I um, add for my the NZWHL my favourite player? 
Yeah, you oh, can. So can it be NZWHL instead of NZIHL? Can be whoever you want. So you go. Okay. My favourite NZWIHL player yep. would be Abby Hill. Okay, why yeah. is the question I'm going to ask you? I just think she's an amazing all-rounder. She's such a great skater, a great ice hockey player, and she just, her leadership is awesome. Like, I don't know if you saw last season, they had both of their goalies out um, yeah. playing Queenstown, and she jumped in net. Like, yeah. what? Yeah, yeah, what, a, yeah. what an amazing yeah. captain. And, so, and there yeah. are some people like that who are just amazing people. You know, I've never played defender in my life, but you wear short so let's do it yeah and they always seem to like do well or do something else if i said to you where's the one position in hockey that you wouldn't want to play where would it be goalie <laughs> despite I, the fact that you've got like i'm a firefighter right the face yeah. cage and everything else it, yeah it's like, i think um it's pretty hectic you know and yeah. i guess you're that last line of defense i guess you know obviously if a goal scored against you it's the whole team that's made the mistake but um, yeah, it is. I can imagine. I know a few goalies, and you know they always. Some of them beat themselves up about it, even though it might not actually be their fault. Yeah. Um, I played a season in a beginners league as a goalie. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago, and it was really hard, and yeah. it definitely gave me a new respect for a, a goalie. Yeah, I used to play goalie in field hockey. That's part of the reason I got involved with ice hockey is because I saw ice hockey. I'm like, man, this is way better than field hockey. It's like yeah. field hockey on steroids. <laughs> uh, but. Um, for me, goalkeepers, are, uh, goalkeepers, goaltenders are really, really good at making the shift. The good ones at, yeah, the goal's gone behind me. It's gone through the entire team. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Let's just switch on and get back into it. Um, whereas, you know, you see some players and their heads will droop and everything else. But most goaltenders, to be, I think, in my opinion, tend to be probably some of the most resilient people on the yeah. on the rink or the pitch because they can just make that switch and go, yeah, one's gone past. We'll get, they're also really good trash talkers as well, but that's a story for another day. Yeah, goalies are always a little bit loofy too. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. They're well, all a bit crazy. Like... They've got their own little flavour to them. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Right, now most New Zealanders are NHL fans. You can tell by the sort of period or the era that they've started watching the game because that's generally the team that they support. Now, you can tell quite clearly from what I'm wearing as well, that I am a diehard Calgary man because I used to, I watched the Flames in 89 when they won the Stanley Cup. Who's your favourite like NHL team? Uh, the Penguins, probably. Goodness yeah. me. No, no accounting for taste. <laughs> it's all good. Right. So, like you mentioned, the PWHL, how excited about that are you? Because that's pretty awesome, isn't it? You've got these teams now that are beginning to go and they're going to expand. It makes only sense. Uh out in the states and Canada, have you been watching some of those games or not? Yeah, I've watched a couple. Um, I've been trying to watch them as much as I can. But the good thing about them is that they're all on YouTube, so yeah, you can yeah, watch yeah. them yeah. anytime. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's awesome to watch though because just the level of hockey that they play, and I like that the refs are kind of leaving them to it a yeah. little bit, so they're not calling all the contacts, even though you're not allowed to do. You know, full checking into the boards and stuff like that. They actually are doing quite a lot of uh, physical plays, which is so cool to see. And just like the finesse and the stick work and everything that they do is just—it's really cool to watch. Um, yeah. Now I'm going to ask you the sixty-four million dollar question. Let's say that somebody watches an ice fan game and goes, "Hey, man, number nineteen's not doing too bad." Uh, and they gave you the call up. Would you be as keen as mustard to give it a shot? Oh. Uh, yeah, I'd definitely like to play with them, but I'm pretty sure they're going to tell me where to go. Yeah, that's all right. That's <laughs> yeah. all good. Right. Now, with the, like for the steel, you wear number 19. Yeah. Some 
players get really, really like super protective of their number. You know, I've yeah. got to wear that number, otherwise I can't even play. Yeah. Are you that way inclined, or you don't care? You know, if they give you like three hundred and two, you're like, I don't care. I'm just out on the rink having fun. Yeah, I don't really mind too much. I definitely uh, my favourite number is actually number thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my preferred number. Um, in the Auckland Steel, it's funny because. Um, Sophie Harold wears number 13, yep. but in Ferns, uh, she wears number 19. Yep. And so, and still, it's like we've switched. Yep. So I'd rather wear number 13 than she'd rather wear number 19, but it's the other way around. Oh, look, you can't argue with it. <laughs> I mean, I know some teams where they've literally, the, the team managers just basically pulled a jersey out of the bag and went, you're that. Oh, and that, that player's like, yeah, okay, cool. That no. would definitely upset a few people, I would say. There you go, all right. So, now, as recent events in Japan have shown, when fires and planes and planes collide and everything else, it can be a real tragedy, right? And as we both know, um, most first responders know as well, most people know, let's be honest, if there's a fire on an, an aeroplane, um, things can get really bad real quick, right? Um, and sometimes, uh, thanks to brilliant air crew and uh, service crew on the airlines and everything else, most of the time they'll get people off and things like, like we saw in Japan, but did you ever stop to think, and I mean, uh, touch wood, we've had none of these incidences, let's not have any, but did you ever stop to think when you were actually out on the truck or something else, man, this could be really bad, I might not be going home if this plane goes up? Did um, you ever stop and think about it or not? No, nah, not, I've never really thought about that. I just think, I, th- I guess, like, yeah, it could be naivety, I don't know, like, you always think you're going to be going home, yep. you know, no one ever thinks that they're not. Yep. Um, but I also think when I was at fire, I also had a really good crew around me. Yep. So I guess that's the biggest thing is teamwork and that's in any job, you know, just having each other's back. Um, so I don't think I ever thought anything bad would happen to me necessarily. Yeah. So just looking out for each other. That's all good. Now, mental health wise, uh, and I always ask this of all my guests, uh, you're a national sports representative, you're a sort of local uh, region representative, you're a police officer, you've been a firefighter, this, but I mean, let's be honest, um, it's not always fun being an ice fern, is it? Uh, no, it isn't, right? Okay, and it's not always fun being a member of the Auckland Steel. We know that it's not fun being a police officer, and there's some days when you're a firefighter, it sucks the big coomer as well. What do you do for your mental health? What's the thing that you do to sort of completely switch off uh, this is my space type leave me alone some people play video games some people uh, like myself will watch um, the NHL uh, other people will go for a run what's what's what do you do to rebalance your scales yeah uh, I really like sleeping <laughs> <laughs> well, there you so go, yeah. I will yeah definitely have a sleep um, I just find that uh, sometimes like with mental health especially uh, decisions don't need to be made straight away yeah. um, so I think if you can have a quick or a rest and then I'll go to usually the ocean some sort of form yeah. of water I believe a lot and um, that water is quite a healing I guess it's quite yeah water is healing yeah. so I find that it's like a nice uh, physical thing to do that washes whatever's on you away yeah. you know um, so yeah, definitely go down to the down to, down to the ocean for a swim. And I've also heard some people will go for a swim in the ocean because it actually makes them realise how insignificant they are. Yeah, when they're sort of there, and it's like, oh, check that yeah, out. I guess that's true. Yeah. Okay, right. So then, in some of somewhere in all of that, you know, uh, national ice hockey champs, New Zealand ice ferns, firefighting, you decide to become part of the blue farm now, <laughs> right? Uh, the police. What was your reasoning behind that? 
I just think I needed a bit of a change, to be honest. Yep. Um, I'd been doing that my previous career, um, yeah, in fire for about uh, nine years, probably. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of liked the idea of um, going into police. Uh, a lot of the jobs that police attend resonate with me quite a bit. Yep. Um, I come from, uh, as a child, a bit of uh, family harm, I guess, um, yep. mental health issues, things like that. Um, and considering that's one of the, or a couple of the biggest jobs that police go to, I think that it was really important for me to kind of share my experiences and hopefully relate to a few people that are going through it yeah. um, and try, yeah, give back and make those situations better um, than I found them. Uh, yeah, so I think that's a huge reason why. Um, and I also really enjoy or like the look of a lot of the different pathways that are in police. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. So, how did you form the training? And what would you say to anybody now thinking about joining? Because, I mean, there will be some people, there'll be some young girls, I'm sure, who will look at you and go, wow, you know, she's a nice fern, she's been a firefighter, now she's a police officer, when's the action figure coming up? Right. But, um, what would you say to them? Because, I mean, that I very often get questions. I mean, I trained like 28 years ago, so it's kind of changed a bit. Uh, cell phones were only just coming out, for goodness <laughs> sake. But, um, you know, people say to me, oh, what do you think about the training? And uh, my golden rule is, uh, go and join all the run groups and everything else if you want, but at the end of the day, you have to be able to do this on your own. Nobody's going to be running alongside you at 3 a.m. in Mount Wellington going, come on, Ricky Lee, you can do this. Um, so my thing is always... Yeah, go and do the running groups and everything else, but make sure that you can not only do it, but you can absolutely smash it out of the park on your own by yourself at the gym. Um, all good. What would you? What advice would you give to somebody? Yeah, I think the same. Like you know, if you if you want it, you'll get it. Um, so I think you have to really yeah, you have to push yourself sometimes. You know, you have to dig deep and just get it done. You know what the end goal is, so it's just anything you can do to work towards that is. Uh, the best yep. you know um i would say the training is really fun uh it all already feels like i've been in for so long <laughs> <laughs> um my training started in august uh so yeah in four months it flew by uh it was it was really fun i had we had quite a good uh course and I would say make the most of the four months, but yeah, you've got to get there first. So yeah, just putting your head down and getting to work and, um, you know, all of the requirements are all online. Um, so just looking at what you need and inching yourself towards that slowly. I know there's so many, I know there's a lot of people that, um, worked really, really hard on their physical side or their fitness side to get to police college. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, the fitter you are, the better. And even to be like when I was doing one of my physical assessments, a girl missed out by two seconds, yeah. two seconds, yeah. you yep. know, like it's just like that sort of stuff's like heartbreaking to see, like, but she really wanted it and yep. I'm sure she's gone back and she's passed. Now, lots of people, I mean, um, you get down to police college and, you know, I'm pretty sure like everybody says to you, Ricky Lee, don't tell everybody that you're in the ice fans or something else like that, right? And that's what everybody says, you know, hey, don't give away all your abilities and don't tell everybody. There's lots of different national sporting reps down there and everybody's fairly sport bullyish and everything else. Um, when you got there, was it a bit of a kick to the ego to go, well, you know what, I mean, you're super fit anyway, but um, was it a bit of a kick to the ego when you got there and it's like, hang on, I'm only sort of 
three quarters or middle of the pack here, I'm actually not the sort of top dog like I normally am. Did or were you the top dog? Because oh, I never see myself as a top dog. Nah. Yeah. Um, no, there was yeah. There's some awesome people down there to get to be motivated from. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think going down, I never was like, oh, you know. I'm this and I've done that and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, and just I just met so many people that are just super fit and strong, yeah. and so it was really cool to kind of. I just felt quite quite happy to be part of the group, I yeah. guess. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. yeah, and everyone was just motivated to push each other, and yeah, yeah. And there's always that person in grey. Like we had a guy on my wing who we used to call him granddad because I think he was 40 at the time when he joined and we said oh what do you do and you know they have that little class at the beginning and it's like oh tell it stand up and tell us something about yourself and well, some of your sporting prowess or something else he said oh, I've done a couple of triathlons and everybody's like oh yeah in an age group probably <laughs> uh and he's like oh no actually sort of coast to coast and we said to him oh yeah and, like where did you come and he's like oh um, second, third, second. He said, I lost to a guy called Steve Gurney. We were like, oh, oh my God. Uh, yeah, so there's always somebody there. Now, the future of ice hockey, especially women's hockey, in New Zealand looks really good. The under-18s just recently won in Bulgaria. Uh, the ice ferns are doing incredibly well. We're ranked 29th out of 81 countries for membership in ice hockey. Sooner or later, there's going to be an expansion, I'm guessing, in New Zealand Women's Ice Hockey League, probably. Yep. Is it an exciting time to be an ice fern or, or a women's ice hockey player in New Zealand? Um, yep. Yeah, definitely. I think in the last few years, everything, uh, women's sport, is it's it's a good place to be in right now. Yeah. Um, the Black Ferns have really uh, helped drive that. And then now you've got the, uh, the women's football team as well. Um, I think if there's an expansion team, I'm hoping it'll be Wellington. Yep. Um, I guess I'm a little bit biased because I've just been four Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. But yeah. they're awesome. Like, the girls down there are great. Um, yeah, and it is looking really promising. Like, there are so many young guns that are coming through that I'm just like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're going to be awesome when they um, are a little bit older and definitely a good future, uh, good bunch of future ferns, I would say. No, I'm not saying that you or Murray or Mujalari are old maids of the game but are you looking over your shoulder going I mean these guys are coming <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely I mean I work really hard every year to um, get a spot in f- with the New Zealand Ice Ferns yeah. um, I did go through quite a few years of being a reserve or being a reserve called up yeah. um, but the last two years I've been really fortunate um that I've been selected straight off but yeah it's definitely getting a little bit more murky uh, <laughs> as the years go on and yeah. there's just some really awesome young uh, female women coming through uh, from the under 18s that are now eligible for ferns and yeah definitely I'm like oh starting to get <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's getting close some, yeah right now a question for you will, will you try your hand at coaching when or if you hang up your skates um Probably not like anything rep or anything like that, but I really enjoy uh, just coaching in general. Yep. So when I was living um, closer to the ranks, I was helping out a little bit with like learn to play and stuff like yep. that. And I really enjoy doing all of that. And I go, sometimes I'll go home to uh, Central Otago and I'll jump on the ice with them as well and help out with their uh, young kids coming through with ice hockey. Yep. Yeah, I really enjoy it, really enjoy teaching. 
um, ice skating and ice hockey to young kids. Perfect. Cuz, the next question is now, uh, the Auckland Ice Hockey Association and lots of other rinks run Learn to Play courses for yeah. kids, uh, for adults. So, you like you said, I sometimes go to the rink and help out. What advice would you give to a newbie who has just started off and maybe just learnt to skate? Because, you know, I can't skate very well at all. Um, I've got friends of mine in Canada who just think it's hilarious when I get on the ice because... <laughs> I said, I need to. I love goalies anyway. You know that, but you know, I should be playing goalie because that's probably about as far as I could go. And then I saw Mark Andre Fleury skating one day, and I was like, No, that's never going to happen. But um, what advice would you give to them? Because lots of people can skate, but then when you put the stick in their hand and say, Okay, all I want you to do is deke a little bit, or you know, if you could just basically just give it a little bit of a wrist shot here, they're like, Oh, hang on, two motor function skills at once can't do it. So what advice would you give them? I guess mine's a little bit um, practical, but just just send it. <laughs> just get out there and do it, you yeah. know? Like, you're never going to get better if you're not doing it. No. So, yeah. yeah, you may as well just get amongst and throw yourself in the deep end. And, you know, you're eventually, at some point, you're always going to be that player who's maybe the not the best on the team. Yeah. Like, I've been there. I'm still there now. I've just started playing with... Um, in the BHL, so it's quite a faster, quite a fast league with a lot of the NZIHL guys in there. Yeah, and I'm definitely feel like I'm one of the best <laughs> in the team. But it's it's a really humbling thing to do, is to, especially as an adult, like learning a new uh, new sport yep. uh, and new skills is yeah, that's it's humbling and it's uh it's a good thing to do. Teach it, learn, you learn a lot about yourself and about the sport as well. I yeah. think just by throwing yourself in the deep end. Yeah. Now there's been on the odd occasion there's been the a little bit of uh, cross code swapping where we've had a female goaltender come in and play for one of the NZIHL mm-hmm. teams. It's happened in the NHL a couple of times as well. Only on sort of practice or uh, festival games, carnival type games. If you got the invite, would you give it a shot? <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, I'd play with the boys probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do. We do now. Yeah. Um, not in the NZIHL. No. Um, I'd probably get smashed against the glass. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. always. I and I don't know why. And but I always think, you know, what if he got like a hybrid team here and you actually managed to get the ice blacks and the ice ferns here, rather than just basically, you know. Um, basically saying okay girls against boys because we've all been there and done it that's boring mix them up change them over and, and learn some skills from one another yeah. uh, and like if you played uh, uh, women's ice hockey league rules I think it'd be fine for everybody I don't yeah. think there'd be too many major injuries but... I'd love to do a mix yeah of yeah. NZWHL and um, NZIHL yeah. yeah guys and girls mix up and uh, make yeah. two teams and yeah that'd be awesome there we go AJ Spiller you can have that idea for free <laughs> okay so last question well, we used to do the eulogy question, but I'm a bit over that now. So what I'm going to do in 2024 is this. I'm going to ask you three things that are on your bucket list, and I'm then going to ask you why they're on your bucket list. So this is a tough one. This is a really tough one. So if I said to you, okay, you've got your bucket list, what's an item off your bucket list that you really would like to do, and why? In 2024? No, just in general, or in 2024 if you want. Obviously, I'm guessing that... If you did it for 2024, winning gold in Turkey would be number one. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Gold. And I know the why behind that, so yeah. I'll give you that one. So you've got two <laughs> more left to go. Um, I guess it is a bit of a bucket list thing. I buy my first home. I yep. buy my first home. Yeah. Um, and the why behind that's fairly obvious as yeah, well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
This is a hard question. Yeah, it is. It's a real tough one. Yep. But there's nobody that you'd like to meet as a sporting person and spend half an hour with them, or mm-hmm. there's uh, nobody that you'd like to meet in the world and go, you know what, I'd like to chat to you about this if you had the opportunity or something else mm-hmm. like that. No, that's all good. Because um, I had, it used to have a bucket list as well. I'm trying to think what's on it. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I did one recently. I ticked one off. Which was what? Um... Uh, cage diving in South Africa. Oh yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, right, nice. <laughs> um, yeah, you lunatic. It's all uh, I'll say to yeah. that. Yeah, so that's great. We'll just leave it at that. That's fine. So, uh, if you want to follow Ricky Lee uh, or any of the other Ice Ferns, uh, then the best place to go is to go to the Ice Ferns Instagram account. Um, you can go to the Auckland Steel Instagram account and follow them there. Um, like Ricky Lee has said, make sure that you tag those teams in because the more uh, tags the more likes they get on social media the easier it is for them to find a sponsor um, or something else or get some support for the women's game in New Zealand uh, Ricky Lee thank you very much for your time because I know that you are on like I am on days off that's always good fun isn't it uh, yeah and best of luck in Turkey I'm sure you'll do us proud uh, how do I put this nicely if you don't get the gold don't come back alright <laughs> I'll try my best <laughs> Thanks for listening. But please, do Constable Brian and I a favour and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next Coppuccino podcast. Real people, real stories.